0: Everybody shaming this for everybody Flip it and twirl it, let strength strengthen that body From the sky to the pole, we gon' work out that body We talking hoes This what we talk about it Welcome to the whole cast Where everybody can be a whole cast Info that you need to know We talk about a lot and shout out to my hoes Welcome to the whole cast Where everybody can be a whole cast Welcome to the whole cast
1: Where everybody can be a whole cast Hello, Betty. Thank you for being on this episode of The Hocast. How are you this morning? Good morning I'm doing great. Thank you I'm very excited to have you on this episode because there's a great event that Ho Apparel is sponsoring in october and and we'll get there like we'll talk about that. But the reason I wanted to sponsor it is because it's the most creative event that I have seen, and then I started following you and you were also a very creative in, individual with what, what you put out to the world. And so I'm very excited to hear yeah. more about you. Tell us how you got into dance. Oh gosh, that's kind of a weird one. Um,
2: So many, many eons ago um, I had actually, I was in the service. I was in the Navy. Yay. Go Navy. Right. <laughs> um, and I had a really hard time finding a job when I came home. And um. I had bartended previously and was like, you know what? I, I was new to the Tampa Bay area. I'm just going to go to every single place and apply. And everywhere I went, they are like, well, we're full on bartenders, but we're taking dancers, um, pole dancers, of course. And I had no dance background. I did not take <laughs> dance in school. I was a musical theater student. Obviously, that's very different. Um, And finally, I just got so frustrated. And this one club not far from my apartment was like, well, you know, we're really busy in the evenings. Would you consider dancing? I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do it. What's the worst that can happen? Like, if it's terrible, and I'm terrible, I'll just keep looking for a job. And my first night, I cleared several hundred dollars And I learned a valuable lesson that pole is freaking hard. (laughs) You know, I saw these dancers and I was like, oh, I can do this. I can get up there and shake my butt and jump on that pole and twirl around. And oh, my Lord, bruises. I was so sore the next day, but I stuck with it. I actually continued to dance for a good while until I eventually um, decided to go back to school and get a vanilla job. But then fast forward many, many years, you know, go to school, get a job, get married, have a bunch of babies. Um, My fifth baby was about a year (laughs) old. And I was just kind of in a funk of like, okay, um, I've just weaned this child. Now I have my body back, but I don't even recognize my body. And someone in a mom's group was like, hey, I'm going to book us a mom's party at a pole dance studio. And, of course, a lot of the moms were like, what? That's crazy. And I remembered, you know, back in the day when I was Mm -hmm. dancing, I was fit. Um, When I first started pole, um, of course, I was 19. I was about size 12. And within six months, I was down in a size six. And I wasn't eating very well. I wasn't working out. I really credit all of that with – Poll, the cardio, the strength. So it's like, you know what? I'm just gonna go to this this mom's day out, check this studio out, and who knows, maybe I'll have fun. And I totally I got hooked on the spot. It's like, you know, they joke about like how crack and all these drugs are like you have it once and you're addicted. Poll is my drug. I was hooked. Bought a Groupon, bought passes, kept coming back. Then next thing I you know, I've got a membership and I'm polling four days a week. And so that's kind of how I got into dance.
1: That was, oh gosh, about six years ago now. I want to go back to the beginning and I want to talk about that first night that you performed. Because I can't imagine trying to wiggle around a pole for, for just even one song, let alone a whole set of songs, not having any clue what it was like. Like, how did you put a routine together? That just kind of blows my mind. That you could do that without Um, having been on the pole before.
2: So I I did not put a routine together. Um, Fun fact about me, I don't put routines together to this day. Um, A lot of people will say, oh, your acts are so great. They're freestyled. That's my dirty secret. I don't choreograph anything. But I, fortunately, the the other girls that were working that night were really super nice. They were very welcoming. And I was kind of later in the lineup. So I kind of got to see what a lot of them were doing. And really fortunate, my set was only two songs. So I only had to be up there for about six minutes And I just kind of like fumbled, you know, I I would try to twirl around the pole. I realized I couldn't climb the pole. I couldn't do any of these fun tricks. So I just kind of danced around it. I mean, I don't know. In hindsight, I probably looked absurd just, you know, wandering around this pole, twerking, holding on to a pole. But it must have worked because people threw
1: money. That's what I think is so funny because you're not the only person I've had on this um, podcast with a similar story. And... it makes me laugh at, this is why we have dance clubs and this is why, God bless men, they're such simple creatures because that story, right? Like I didn't know what I was doing. I'd never done it before. I just sort of awkwardly walked around the pole and yet the money. It's like, I was in my underwear, so they threw money. <laughs> right? They got to see boobs and butt, so they threw money. That just makes me giggle. God bless them, men are simple creatures.
2: Yeah. And honestly, to this day, even like when I, when I talk to new performers, I just recently attended a graduate show was amazing. And one of the performers was really nervous. And I'm look, if you forget everything, you forget your act, just get up there and shake your ass. They're going to throw money. Like you're up there, you're in lingerie. They're going to throw money no matter what.
1: Um, thank goodness for simple creatures. (laughs) Thank goodness for simple creatures. And it will always be a needed profession. Yes. (laughs) how long did you dance for in the club? Um, It was about a year. And did you take lessons then like, or did you just improve by doing?
2: I got better by doing. Um, Some of the other dancers were really nice and would say, you know, they would give me tips. Sometimes after we would close, um, we would kind of stay and hang out and a couple of them would show me, well, this is actually how you get on the pole and, you know kind of strategies. Um, they told me things like, Hey, wear those really high boots. They're going to help
1: you stick to the pole. And so kind of the tricks of the trade. Yeah. Cause you don't always hear that. My, um, my friend was, uh, a a doorman and bouncer floor guy for a bunch of clubs. And he talks about some of the clubs, all the girls hated each other and were catty and it was awful. And then other clubs, all the girls were wonderful and helped each other. And I've
2: heard that from friends that work in the clubs to this day. They're like, yeah, there's certain clubs they just don't want to go to because it's very catty and there's a lot of drama. Um, and I, I think a lot of that is really just based on people. You know, people are people wherever you go, any job you're in, any trade, there's going to be those little pockets of drama.
1: Well, and I was talking, I recorded. An episode yesterday uh with a friend of mine that's just started dancing and we were talking about how like there's enough money for everybody because there are enough men that want to see all the different types of women types of dancing so there's enough to go around right Um, no no need to be so super catty because they're just going to keep throwing money and you know they may not throw you money but that like it's all going to be you're all going to make your money Right. Everybody, there's enough, you know, as long as there's people, there's always going to be enough. Tell me what studio in Tampa you pull at.
2: Um, so I am a member at Aries Pull Fitness. Um, it's kind of a newer studio, um, just opened in, oh gosh, 21. It's in Gibsonton. So just kind of outside of Tampa. But the owner there was my original instructor. That very first mom's group that I went to mm-hmm. was at another studio. And um, Jeannie happened to be the facilitator for that poll party that day. Um, and so I guess, you know, in poll, we use the term pole mama. She's mm-hmm. kind of my original pole mama who brought me in and, and really built me up. Because I feel like at that time, I was in a transition where – you know, just And with motherhood, there's so many transitions you go through, but reclaiming myself, my confidence, learning to love my body and realize, oh my gosh, this body can do amazing things. And so once Jeannie opened up her own studio, I was like, well, mm-hmm.
1: I guess I'm coming there. Yep, no um, choice. That's where I'm going. And I'm going to go wherever you're going to go. So I'm going to follow you there. Do you remember the other moms that were in that group? Did, did any of them take to it like you did or were they... Um, you know, none of them
2: ever came back. Um, and it was, it, mom's groups are kind of funny. They're, they're not unlike dance clubs, um, where there's some that are, they're really cool and everybody's friendly and welcoming. And then some of them, they're very catty and there's a lot of drama. And that particular mom's group, there was a lot of drama. Um, but I never saw any of them again, um, <laughs> anywhere. Um, none of them came back. None of them took advantage of the group on, I guess I was the outlier that day.
1: Well, that's cool though, because in essence, you needed them to get you into the studio. And once that job was fulfilled, you didn't really need them. Right. I tell people never have regrets. Everything that you do,
2: every experience, even if it's a less pleasant one, it gets you where you are.
1: So that's what my my ex husband used to say if you like where you are now, then you can't give up any of the things that happened to you. Right. You wouldn't be here whatever was meant for bad can be for good. You just have to choose to find the good. So my journey to pole is very similar, except I don't have babies, but that whole like hated myself, not myself, hated the way I looked, didn't feel sexy, didn't disconnected from my body. Like all of that. I think that's a kind of a universal, I hear that a lot
2: from women. Yes. I I think if Probably what I have noticed within like being a member at studios is the internal change that women go through when they get into pole is really bigger than the body change. Like there's, there's something in their brain that they just, it clicks. Pole is like a balm for them.
1: I go to the local studio and I like to ask people when they're like, I'm super friendly. So if I see see someone I've never seen before, I'll go up and introduce myself. and, And I like to ask that question, what brought you here? I don't know if it's asked a lot. Very often it is children, a breakup of some kind that leads to, uh, I don't like myself or I have to find myself or like, it's, it's usually a pretty, pretty heavy reason.
2: It's some type of transition. Like the, you know, the old joke that when a woman colors her hair, she's going through a change. Well. some of us go to pole instead,
1: mm-hmm. and you're right; it does help on on a ton of different levels. I've seen so many women tackle goals and win. Um, sometimes you see them set goals and win for the first time, like right. You know they've never done that before, been told they can do that. I think that's the power of the sport. Um, yes, I, I
2: definitely agree. It's it's there's an empowerment that. I really don't think exists in any other sport or performing art that I've encountered.
1: At what point did you start putting on these showcases? Um, So that's another kind of funny story. I kind of accidentally fell
2: into burlesque and it really was totally by accident. This was not planned at all, but at a pole studio, you know, we a lot of us have um, little Facebook groups or some people use Instagram where you have like a group chat with other members and someone else at the studio was like, hey, I need people that can dance to help me out with this thing. I was like, well, I'm curious, what's the thing? And um, another member was actually doing a nerd but she didn't say this. Um, she told me, you know, we're, we're doing a show and we just need people that can dance in between acts while we change clothes. I'm like, Oh, well, I had done a few showcases at the studio. I'm not very shy. So I was like, what the heck? Like, that sounds fun. I'm not doing anything that day. I'll do it. Um, And I still didn't know that this was a burlesque or a nerdlesque as it turned out, or really anything other than I'm supposed to do some type of dance routine. There wasn't a pole available, but they told me I could use a chair. So I'm like, okay, cool. I show up to my first rehearsal, and everybody's in their costumes, and they're all cosplaying these awesome comic characters. And I'm like, oh, so... I guess I need to come up with a cosplay character. <laughs> um, and then as I'm, I'm watching them, they're rehearsing and they're, they're doing their acts. There's, they're stripping, you know, burlesque is the art of the striptease. And I'm like, Oh, Oh, this is like a strip show. And so then all the pieces are clicking in my head. I'm like, Oh, it's a, it's a, Comic burlesque show. At the time, I had never heard of nerdlesque as it's known. Can you um, explain a little bit about nerdlesque for people that don't um, know? Burlesque is, of course, the art of the striptease, and nerdlesque is when um, it's combined with any type of cosplay or culture or pop culture. So sometimes it can be. Um, people do comic book burlesque where the performers actually have acts where they're dressed as a favorite character. And it's kind of a tribute to that. There's um, just recently someone did an Alice in Wonderland theme show where everybody was like an Alice in Wonderland character. Not exactly something you think of when you think of strip teasing normally. Um, so hence the term nerdlesque. Um, so it's this- like, her show was a nerdlesque show
1: it's like fan fiction only on the stage
2: yeah well and i t- it's like fan fiction for grown-ups you know it's it's a little dirty it's a little cheeky um but it is and and so that's what this particular show that i had agreed to do was so i quickly threw together a costume that i thought would work with the dance that i kind of had in mind and um i showed up the day of and I just did the thing and the people threw money. (gasps) Um, They threw lots of money. And so I was like, oh, oh dang, this is like way better paying than stripping even. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And the, um, and it was, they were sold, it was a sold out show. So the producer who had originally invited me um, was planning another show. And I was invited to join the troupe as a performer. I was like, okay, why not? Mm -hmm. Um, And it just kind of like, rippled from there. Um, very quickly I went from, you know, this guest spot to being a performer to basically kind of becoming the right hand woman to the producer and co-producing and directing the shows. And so that's kind of how we got where I am now. Um, and so I kind of joke with people, with new burlesque um, performers, I tell them, you know, don't follow my example. I did things backwards. I kind of jumped into producing before I even had a lot of acts built up. The advice for most veteran performers is perform a couple years before you attempt to produce a show. But I'm a little different. I tend to do things different anyways. So I did that different. Fast forward to earlier this year, um, I separated from the troupe, but I had already committed to doing a horror burlesque with a local venue, and I um, I told the venue owners like, you know, I'm I'm going to honor this commitment. I made a contract with you. I'm I'm going to do this as a solo producer, and she's like. And God love her. She's um, the owner of our venue, the Brass Mug. She's amazing. She's like, you know what? I believe in you. Every time that you've had an idea, and I've told you to do it, it's it's been a huge success. Just do it. So if all fails, Heather, I'm coming back to you. It's all your okay. fault. But yeah, here we are. And I knew when I first discovered there was a concept of horror burlesque or horror lesque as we're calling it. I wanted to do something a little different, more theatrical. And very like empowering to women,
1: and that's kind of how death becomes them was born and so the what caught my eye is that you have a little bit of everything going on in this evening. You've got, as I recall, authors reading from some of their books, and you have photo shoots, and you have like it's an immersive experience,
2: yeah not just
1: I'm going to go sit in a chair and watch a show. Yeah.
2: And so, and that's, it's kind of, this is a piece of me. Um, I am a sensory seeker. I think most of us are to some level, unless, you know, you're on certain parts of the spectrum, you might not be. Um, but I, I cannot just go sit in a chair at a show. Like I, I have to constantly be doing stuff. Um, if I have to go to a meeting or an appointment, I have to have a notebook. I have to have my phone. Like I need to be doing more. Um And one of the things with um, shows in the past is I have found successful to bring in vendors, bring in other fun elements, make it a multi-sensory, fully immersive event. So like our, our photo booth, for example, I stumbled across this amazing photographer who happens to also have a background as a funeral director. And she's like, yeah, I have a coffin and I bring funeral flowers and I set everything up and we call it postmortem photography, F-A-U-X. But it's, it's basically like having your postmortem photo taken. And I was like, Hey, I'm doing this show. It's Friday the 13th. It's spooky. Could I convince you to come set up? And of course, she graciously said, yes, of course, I love it. So that's one of the elements is, you know, our VIPs, they can actually have their photo taken in a coffin. Um, For some people that might be a little too macabre, um, (laughs) I myself, I, I consider myself a horror hoe. I think it's awesome. I love it. And then I'm also, I'm a nerd. I love to read. I love horror. It's always been my favorite genre. So um, I reached out to a couple of local authors and was like, hey, would it be weird if you like read a little bit of your book at this burlesque show? And then I'll give you a table and you can sell your books too. And I was really, again, fortunate. They were like, heck yeah, let's, let's do it. Um, so I've got um, two actually really awesome books um, horror cheekies who are gonna come and they're gonna give us a little taste of their books and then of course folks will have the chance to buy them. And of course we do have the burlesque and we have the pole dance and we have the chair dance and all of that fun shenanigans as well. How many so, performers do you have? Um so we have 13. Oh nice. It's a big cast, it, it's a big cast but you know it's Friday the thirteenth. Thirteen is my lucky number. It's my favorite number. So I really feel like I'm just going to keep with this theme. It's working. So we have a big cast. Usually most burlesque shows have six to eight is a big show. Mm -hmm. But again, I do things extra. So,
1: I'm a big fan of being a little extra. Yeah. I'm not a fan of toning it down Mm -mm. ever. Ever. It's just not me.
2: Well, there's no need to, if you have the idea. Right. And I, I, I feel like there are more people who are, just as weird as I am out there. And maybe they just need someone to say, it's okay to be weird. You can sit with me and we'll be extra together.
1: Well, I also think that people are seeking out different, something that's different, right? Because you get stuck in a rut, you do the same things, you go to the same Halloween party, like, and then you see this and you're like, well, hold on a second.
2: Right. Like you could, you could read a scary story or watch a scary movie about, um, Uh, one of our performers is actually doing a Lady Elizabeth Bathory act which um, if anyone's not familiar Elizabeth Bathory was a countess Hundreds of years ago, and she was um, allegedly, she bathed in the blood of over 300 victims. So she was considered the influence of modern characters like Dracula or the Countess on American Horror Story. One of our performers is actually going to do a Countess Elizabeth act. So it's like, yeah, you could go watch a movie, but what about an actual live performance with some stripping, of course? Sure. Because, you know, I mean, it is an art.
1: <laughs> you have a bunch. I mean, everybody's doing an act based on a character.
2: Yes. So um, part of the whole, like, I wanted to kind of make it, I like to make people question things. I like make, to make people kind of think and go, wait a minute, you know, because there's always another side of the story. So um, each of these characters, they're a historic Figure who you know a bad girl or they have some type of story connected to them but who knows they might have more to it like maybe they weren't really this horrible murderer. or maybe they were just getting even like but each of these characters from um, cleopatra to elizabeth bathory all the way up to gypsy rose
1: blanchard these are women who killed Did you come up with those characters or did your um, performers find their own?
2: So I did come up with the um, characters. I had to actually narrow it down as I was kind of making my little list. Um, I was like, okay, I can't do like all the women killers. Then we would need months. But once I knew which characters I really wanted to tell their story, um, I went to the performers and said, hey, I have this idea for this act. I feel like you'd be great for um, and i really fortunate that each one of them said, hell yes, which, you know, um, recently another performer said, you know, if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. So
1: thank goodness they all said hell yes. Yeah. Well, that's cool because then well, it gives you something to start with. And it's something right. different, right? It, it expands your horizons, but it also gives you kind of a platform. Let me read about this person. And then let the kind of creative juices flow yeah, from that. Yeah,
2: I've kind of, I've written these little, sh- you know, little snippets to kind of let the performers know the backstory. This is your character. This is kind of what's going on in their life. But then I've given them the creative control to say, okay, now show us how would you interpret that? If if you are in this person's shoes, what would you do? Tell us your side of the story. And who knows? I mean, I haven't even seen all of their acts yet. So I'm kind of excited to see them too. But I know they're all going to be amazing.
1: This is your musical theater background? Um, he, yeah, you could say that. <laughs> I didn't do any in college, but I did in, in high school. And it really does sort of set you up to just be able to do whatever, right? Just kind of It, it does.
2: Really fortunate that my high school drama program included a lot of improv. and like to this day I tell people if you know, if, especially if you have kids and they're worrying about electives, put them in an improv class or if you're in college, take an improv class for no reason other than it just sets you up for life. not just performance, but being able to think quickly and improvise is a life skill.
1: I'll give a little shout out to my best friend that lives in LA, and she has a new company called Improvly Speaking, where she uses improv gra- um, games to help people be better public speakers, better in their communicators in their job. That's what she started with. And now, of course, she's, she's finding all these ways to help people use improv to just be better. And right. we- it really is a life tool. Well, and what she says is we improv all the time. We just don't call it improv. Right. Um, I agree. Like life is is one big kind of improv. None of us know what we're doing. And life is really whose line is it anyway, except we don't all have Drew Carey. <laughs> and we aren't all that quick on our feet and super funny. But she's been taking a lot of improv, different improv classes out in LA, musical improv. Like she's doing all of this this stuff and uh watching her get better and more confident i think is has been cool to watch and it's one of the reasons i started my freestyle fridays through awesome. for ho apparel on instagram is because freestyle is something you have to train unless you're just good at it but a lot of us aren't good at it and and when you're not good at something it's hard to train it at least i found that so if i have this day, Freestyle Friday, randomly pick a song off of your playlist and just go and see what happens. Uh, and that's been really fun to watch people grow through that because that's what freestyle is. Is And just- I love that. Um, within like the pole studios, a lot of times when
2: you go to a pole class, there might be a little bit of a routine. And then, <clears throat> pardon me, <clears throat> the instructors will say, okay, now we're going to freestyle at the end because the song is so long. And There's always like a handful of people who kind of freeze up. They don't Mm -hmm. really know like what to do. Um, And then there's that other handful of people who um, they're kind of on the opposite end where they don't take direction well, but if you just turn them loose and it's always neat to kind of see how the different elements and, you know, people on different ends of that scope work together.
1: I don't have the confidence in my ability to freestyle dance which is interesting because I also have a little bit of a side job at the nursing school where I play patients. So for the, their scenarios and and I'm the patient and I'm really great at, at that. Like I can, I can be a um, schizophrenic patient having a meltdown in the ER and I can be a bougie pregnant lady that wants her makeup artist with her in the delivery room. But if you say now go, there's a poll. I'm like, I don't know don't know what to do.
2: And I think for some people, it's um, you
1: just kind of have to learn, you know, like build that up for sure. That's why I'm so interested in that very first day you danced in the club, because that just, for me, the pressure of that, like it's intriguing. It's intriguing that you could just do it with no background and just do it. And I feel like I'm one of the people on the other
2: end of the freestyle spectrum, whereas I don't pick up choreography when it's taught like super fast. Like I know some dancers, you can show them a few moves and boom, they have it like instantly. I have to drill it over and over and, you know, ask us, wait, can we run through that one more time? Can we go back to this? And that's just kind of a struggle for me. I don't pick up fast, but I improvise well and I can freestyle. Um, very easily. So I think it's just, we all have different strengths and, you know, it's okay to play to your strength too.
1: Well, it's not quite freestyle, but I think creating your own choreography is sort of similar. I think a lot of times when we're beginners, we think we have to pay somebody or hire someone to do our choreography. But I learned really early on that other dancers don't dance like me. They don't like the same music that I like. And so I'd get a piece of choreography to some song I had no connection with, and I just couldn't make it work. It looked ridiculous. And they'd be like, oh, no, you look so great. I'm like, but I don't, I feel like I'm in someone else's skin, right? Right. But then I play my own music and I start to piece pieces together. And maybe it's weird to you, but it feels right to me because it's my stuff, right? Like I know how.
2: You have a personal connection to
1: it. So the earlier I think we can teach people to start putting together their own units. Yes. Um, And and that is one thing that I
2: I do know myself that I kind of want to work on is putting together choreography or actually structuring routines because I don't. Um, But again, like when I first got into pole, that was the thing was, oh, I can, you can make your own. No, you have to have an instructor and they tell you all the things and what to do. And that is a very common thread and you can kind of see it in some performers. Like when they do showcase, it's like, Oh, you can tell which instructor helped them with their choreography.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. Like, Oh, that's... I see so-and-so in that move. and Or which a showcase.
1: It, it's not, but sometimes you'll go to a showcase and you'll be like, Oh, I see so-and-so in all of those pieces. Right. right. Like,
2: and that's
1: but... like, oh. I, I've been doing a weird thing recently where I dance in my squat rack. Yeah, I've seen that. Have you seen it? It So it's it's been interesting because those people with like like super creative minds are super supportive. And then I get people that it just makes them entirely uncomfortable. I think it kind of makes me want to squat rack because it just looks fun. It's awesome. I didn't realize Colleen Jolly told me this, that there is a thing called inanimate object dancing where people find random things and create a whole choreography around. So like, I'm not totally outside the realm of what's out there, but. Uh, that is super cool.
2: I'm going to have to like, go look that up now. Cause I'm, I'm very intrigued by just finding random things
1: and dancing with them. Well, and the pole circus is letting me do a, um, a piece in my squat rack for their upcoming virtual competition. So. um Nice. Yeah. We'll see. I've, I've got, The theme is kind of coming together in my head. I love when when people are able to just be different and kind of
2: let loose with their creativity. Um, I saw a performer last year um, did an amazing act with a fitness ball. And, you know, they bring this, you know, 70 millimeter ball out onto the stage. And I'm like, what in the world is going on here? You know, usually you see a folding chair brought out or, you know, there's a pole. Um, But it, it was a burlesque act. On the fitness ball, and it was amazing um, how she was able to use the ball like a chair, but then dance with the ball, and it was just so creative and fun. I was like, "Yes, that is we need more of that."
1: I I took a class um, with Jenny Janover, Liquid Motion at Polcon. I I like her. I like her style of teaching. I like that system. Um, But one of the things I like about her is that she's not just move. tricks focused or skill focused she wants you to to figure out what's going on between the skills so if you're going to do this skill and that skill and you got to go from one to the other take the time to explore all the places you can move and all the angles and in lines that you can make while you're getting from one to the other and don't just think of it as i mean that that's dancing right like dancing isn't this skill then that skill then this skill it's this skill And then, you know. Building a flow. Right. And that kind of inspired me to feel okay to dance in my squat rack. Because I was like, if I'm comfortable here and I can see the track I want to take, let's just see what happens. Right on. I'm definitely excited
2: to, uh, I guess it's a virtual show. So I'll be watching via screen. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) It's a fun show. Have you watched it before? I have not. So I'm I'm super excited. This is going to be the first time I've seen it.
1: I judged the last one and so I got a ticket so I watched. Um and I just set my computer up. I was doing housework and I just carried my computer around with me and it's a really re- she does a great job. It's a super engaging show and it's people from all over the world. So that's kind of cool too right. cuz um you know, next up we have, you know, whoever from Tokyo. My brain's like, "Okay, well let me sit down and watch." Right. Know, and that's, that's really one
2: of like, I guess the blessings of technology is that we can have these virtual showcases and, you know, cause if you go to a live show, there might be someone there from out of town or out of state, but to actually bring in performance from around the world is just so cool. I think
1: it is. Um, Yeah. So I hope you enjoy the show cause it is lots of fun. She does a great job. Tell us where Death Becomes Her, where, when, how, how can people get tickets
2: um, so it is Friday, October 13th at the Brass Mug Tampa. So, you know, everybody in um, familiar with metal in Florida knows the iconic metal bar. Super easy. We actually have a website, www.deathbecomesthem.com. You can get tickets. It has additional details about the cast, about the vendors and the show. Doors are going to open at 7. The show will start around I say 8.30, but we're on burlesque time. Mm -hmm. So really the show's going to start when my MC decides it starts. Mm -hmm. Um, And I have a absolutely amazing MC. I'm super excited. So I know that right there is going to make the show awesome. Um, Is it a
1: secret or can you tell us who your MC is?
2: Um, I can actually. Um, So Alistair Graves, also known as Queen Daddy, the Lush with the Lashes, I had um, approached Alistair because I knew I wanted to host. I did not want to be the MC, mm-hmm. um, And I'd worked with Alistair before and um, been to many shows. And he's hilarious. He's funny. Also a musical theater nerd. Um, and I was like, hey, I have this idea for this show. And I kind of have a weird idea for the MC. What are your thoughts? Um, and he replied. He's like, oh, I'm interested. I like, Okay, good. I've got your attention now. Let's talk. So I'm super excited to have Alistair. We actually just did a show together a couple weeks ago in Tampa and it was amazing. So, What was that show? Um, that was um, called the Graveyard Cabaret. There is this really awesome, it's a Cava Botanical Tea Bar in Ybor City called the Spook Easy Lounge. And <laughs> Spook Easy. Yeah, that's great. And it's 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 like if um, Universal Monsters and Dracula opened up a, a tea bar, you know it's very it's a lot of gothic decor, and they've got like giant statues of like Frankenstein and Elvira and Pinhead, um, and every other Sunday night they do a they call it the Graveyard Cabaret. Um, it's actually produced by the Rogue River, who's another local producer, and. It's it's nothing like a typical burlesque again. It's very different. Most of the acts are usually kind of spooky themed, obviously. Um, although there is a lot of nerdlesque. <laughs> we love nerdlesque. Um, but yeah, I did a show. Um, it was after Comic Con weekend and I was performing and Alistair
1: was hosting, and it was it was a hilarious show. What what is it with Tampa and horror and spooky?
2: There's a lot of horror hoes here. Like, we're everywhere over here. I I think it's Central Florida, because from like Tampa to Orlando, there's so many, um, like there's theme places that are horror themed. And there's just, it's like a mecca for horror fans. Um, I think it's because we have so many really cool horror conventions. And a lot of horror actors and authors live here. Maybe there's like a beacon or something.
1: There there must be, because I am from Columbia, South Carolina, and we have zero things like that. Zero. Absolutely zero.
2: And We have, um, I mean, year round, there are horror conventions. Like they have one, um, Spookala um, was in like May, I think it was, you know, just because. It's a thing here. Um, and actually, what I recently learned is a lot of horror movies are made in Florida. I guess our swampy, rural roads make
1: excellent. It's, it's the alligators. Yes. It's the constant fear of alligators.
2: That might be it. That could be
1: it. That's my biggest well, fear it, in life. The is-
2: fear the mosquitoes. The alligators, mm-hmm. they're, they're not so bad. It's the pterodactyls we call mosquitoes that scare me.
1: My entire life, I have had nightmares about alligators. Like once oh. a month, 47 years old, I have these insane nightmares. Like one is that it knocks on the door dressed in a trench coat and a hat to disguise itself. And when you oh, open good. the door, it's really an alligator and it wants to eat all my cats. Like in Gator. Yes. It's this very strange um, so, have you ever, like, gotten close to an alligator in real life? Like, ever, like, at the zoo or maybe... i like, fascinated animals? by him. I don't want him to get killed. Like, that Gator Hunter show, like, I watched it once, and when I realized they killed him at the end, I was like, no, that's yeah. not mine. Like, I'm terrified of them. but... and that's interesting. I'm, yeah. I, and, I, I mean, we just don't... We have some here, but it's not like I'm... I had... You know, I was in Florida, and I had some running with a gator when I was little. It's just where my brain's focused my entire life. Right. And we do have beware
2: of alligator signs everywhere here because, I mean, they're everywhere. I don't go
1: anywhere near water in, in Florida. Oh, my goodness. I'm not going to do it. Not going <laughs> to do it because. You well, know, you could go to the beach. Generally, there's not alligators at the beach. You no, know. nope, Because like about people. a couple of years ago up here in North Carolina, out comes an alligator from the ocean up onto the beach. Oh. <laughs> yep. And I was like, no, thank you. We will not be swimming in the ocean. We we actually have a river walk here in Columbia and it's on I mean it's on the river. Congaree, Santee River. In the last couple of years. Alligators. How Crazy. do we they they come up, I guess, and then they Maybe are-
2: they're trying to escape the heat because I mean there's some days where I seriously think maybe we should move to the mountains it's muggy.
1: I mean, it's muggy here, but it's way muggy down there. Yeah. Th-
2: this year, like I-, I kept complaining, like, why am I always so hot? I mean, granted, I I'm just, I'm a hot person. Yeah. Like I- I'm always, you know, needing a Yes, fan, you are. But, you know, thank you. <laughs> um, but, um, I <laughs> looked at my husband. I was like, why is it so godforsaken hot this summer? Like I've lived in Florida my whole life. And he looked right at me. He's like, are you seriously unaware of the heat wave we're in? No. I don't watch the news. We actually, um, we don't have a TV. We have very no screen home. Um, I was like, no, we're not really in a heat wave. It's Florida. It's summer. And he's like, no, we're legit in a heat wave. (laughs) I had no idea. Like, oh,
1: well, then I don't feel so bad as I stuff another ice pack in my bra. And there's nothing you can do about it. I don't pay much attention because there's, I mean, I still got to go places and do things. So
2: I think that's probably why I look forward to spooky season so much myself is usually October things start to cool down and it's like, yay, I can wear clothes and go outside with my hair down.
1: (laughs) Breathe a little bit. Do you mind if I switch the conversation a little bit? Um, Because it's dawned on me that I haven't had any guests on. I've had guests on that have children, but it's never... We are in somewhat of a taboo industry for normals. And right right, in there's that whole like this is sexy and then children. And I just kind of want to talk, if you don't mind talking a little bit about it, what it's like being a burlesque um, performer, doing these shows, having five kids, like how does all of that work?
2: Um,
1: I am a master at
2: compartmentalizing. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I, I do kind of have... I have like multiple Facebook accounts, for example, I have like, this is, you know, my real name and this is where I communicate with family and friends. And I keep that very separated from performing, you know, Betty doesn't really show pictures of her kids. Um, And like my, my older children, they know that I perform, you know, they've helped me with costumes or they've even helped me load in at shows. Um, but they know that burlesque is for grownups. They can't come to a show because they're not 18. I, and I, and a lot of parents will disagree with me. That's on them. Um, I'm a very open conversational parent. Um, I don't believe in shielding or sheltering my kids. I kind of tell them, you know, this is adult entertainment. This is sexy entertainment because sex is not a bad thing. It is a good thing. It's a gift that God gave us. Like, you know, I'm, I don't want to create negativity because I feel like, especially for moms, depending on how you're raised, if you're, you're kind of super sheltered and like people don't let their children know these things exist. Well then they become adults and they get into relationships and they're not even comfortable in their own bodies, much less being intimate with somebody else. It's like, why, why do all that when you can prevent all that by just conversating with your kids and, you know, um, there are some times where like, I have to kind of like slam my phone down or shut my computer real quick. If I'm like, I'm watching a performance video and my six-year-old comes in and leans over my shoulder. I'm like, nope, mommy's watching the video. But then like the older kids, you know, my 15 year old be like, mom's reviewing a performance video. Let's go. So they're kind of over it. Yeah. Well, I think he is kind of embarrassed, um, <laughs> but you know, it's a 15 year old. Right. Um, you know, it probably is weird to him
1: that like his mom dances on stage in her underwear. <laughs> well, the truth of the matter is, is 15. He's going to be embarrassed of you right. probably no matter what you do, right? Just buying bananas at the grocery store is embarrassing to a teenager. Right. So, yeah, he'll just get over it. Um, my, um, my oldest daughter,
2: she's 10. She's also a huge horror fan. Um, and she gets upset. She's like, well, why can't I go to this event? And I'm like, because this one's an 18 and up like she gets really upset. Um, sometimes I can take her to conventions or stuff, but if it's an adult only show, I'm like, no, I'm sorry. Like one day you will be 18 and then you can consent, but not yet. But I I do think it, it, I'm kind of the weird one. I think in, there aren't many other parents in the burlesque community that
1: I've met Um, so we're definitely odd. Well, and I, and I've had a, a, I mean, a couple of people on the podcast that, that are able to seamlessly, I guess I don't, I haven't formulated what I'm trying to, to say, but it's not something you think about that performers are, you know, moms and wives and go to the grocery store and do the normal stuff. And, and that balance, um, of yes, I can do that and I can do this.
2: Right. Like a lot of people don't realize that, yeah, I can be up here and I can be on stage and then I can get home and get back up at 6am because I've got to make breakfast and take this kid to that play date. And this kid's got to go buy shoes or, you know, just do normal mom things.
1: The other cool thing I think about it is, is a lot of parents sacrifice their things for their children, right? Like they don't, don't have their own things because their thing or their children and so i think it's kind of cool that you have a thing that's yours that you can create and um, i think
2: it's important that
1: if you become a parent or
2: even if you're not like maybe you're a dog parent or a cat parent or maybe just in a relationship you have to have your own thing like you have to have something independent that's just for you um years ago a uh a friend um her son is now an adult, uh, but he left and went to college. And for years, she had been involved in his youth groups and sports and activities. And, like, other than going to work, her world revolved around her son. And she went through a serious, major depressive battle when he went off to college. And then once, you know, she did get help and she got through it. But then she said to me, "She know, I realized I had nothing. Like I did not exist outside of going to work and being mom. And I think it's kind of a common thing. They call it empty nest syndrome. Well, Mm -hmm. why do we have to have empty nest syndrome? Um, Or even dads, you know, like my husband jokes. He's like, well, you get to go off and do your show. When do I get to have my day? And it's like, right." Let's look at the calendar and, you you know, um, but I think that's important that people have something for them because I do, I see that a lot um, because my kids are really active in a lot of stuff. They're in, I've got a couple that are in theater and some that are in 4-H and one that's taking music lessons. And I'm seeing other parents, you know, at the guitar school and stuff. And I'm like, wow, you don't do anything but shuttle your child. From activity to activity to activity, and I don't want to judge them because that's their choice, but it's it's not a choice that would be healthy for me. Like I, I would probably be very unhealthy.
1: I don't have children, and that's one of the many reasons that I don't. The list is very long, but because I was the child of a parent who lived for me, and when I went off to college, the guilt of right. leaving her was so... Strong, that I remember thinking, n- not having kids because if this is how parenting works, I'm not doing this to somebody.
2: Right, and it and it's it's hard. Like, I mean, I, I on the one hand, I do dread like eventually my kids are going to leave and they're going to go out into the world, Um, and it's going to be bittersweet. But there are also days where I look at my husband, I'm like, I can't wait till these kids are there, <laughs> we can like go on vacation just the two of us, or we can walk around the house in her underwear and, but you know, there's seasons in life and we'll get there.
1: You will. How old are your children? Um, so my youngest is six.
2: Then I have an eight year old, a 10 year old, a 12 year old and a 15 year old. And then my bonus son for my husband's first marriage is 30. So I have the like full spectrum of ages and stages. Yes, you do. And all
1: good ages. Yeah,
2: there, I joke and tell people, you know, my my professional background is in maternal health. Um, so a lot of people assume that if you work in labor and delivery, you must love babies. I don't really like babies. Mm-hmm. I, I don't hold babies. Um, I like little kids, like about three, four years old until they're about like 16. They're cool. But until they get to like at least four yeah, I don't really want to hang out
1: with you. I do um, music for vacation Bible school at my church every year, and and I joke, um, I, I I play guitar and sing. I'm not like my jam is three, four, and five year olds, so I can keep three, four, and five year olds entertained for hours. Right, but- and that's it's funny. I've um
2: I I've done my share of time in the nursery at church, um but whenever there's like a sign up or hey we need someone, I'm like preschool please like give me the preschool room this year they kind of threw a loop for uh, me um for vbs they put me in charge of the crafts for the older kids this year and i was like but i really like preschool like but i don't
1: want to do the older kids
2: <laughs> i mean and it was still fun but um yeah i i, I don't volunteer for nursery like mm-mm. like no mm-mm. that's that you don't want me there
1: <laughs> no
2: but you do labor and delivery. That's your that's your joby job. Yeah, so that's I, it's funny. A lot of people will say their vanilla job, but I don't feel like it's very vanilla. By um, trade, I'm a doula, which oh, nice. is a professional birth assistant, basically. And we have um, this amazing community doula program here in Tampa Bay. Um, it's for a nonprofit organization, and any person giving birth at a Hillsborough County Hospital birth center regardless of age, income, documentation status, doesn't matter. You just have to be delivering here, can receive doula if they choose.
1: And so a couple nights a week I'm on call as one of the doulas. I don't do pregnancy, I don't do birth, I don't do any of that. So um I am glad that you are there for these women and that you are doing your thing, but I couldn't it's do it. For everyone, um, no. I, I have a lot
2: of friends that um, are nurses and medical professionals, and they're like, "How can you stand, you know, obstetrics?" And I'm like, "I, I love it yeah. To me, the process is fascinating. I you know I, I absolutely enjoy it, but I don't hold babies, which is you know
1: the irony of it all. I'm like, no, I don't want to go work in It's Like y'all have fun no, over I there. Do. I'll stay here with the belly people. Mm-mm. So, alligators have been my uh, lifelong fear. But the other thing is, I saw the movie Alien when I was oh, what? Like oh 10 my or 12. And that alien busts out of that woman's tummy. Mm-mm. And I yeah, was like, okay, well, that's virtually what pregnancy is. And I'm not doing that. So,
2: and you know, you're not the only person. Like, I've actually had um, people say, you know, especially if they're going in for a C section, like, you know, okay, what are you nervous about? Tell me, what are your fears? And at least three times in the last couple years, Alien has come up um, Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. okay, okay. Um, I assure you that's not how this Mm -hmm. is going to happen, but let's, let's discuss this fear. Um, That movie messed a lot of folks up.
1: Yep. Well, when you see it at that, I don't know, that 10 or 12 year old, mm -mm. it's like, nope, nope, that's. Not well, and then you learn later in life. Thank god I didn't know this when I was little about the hernia,
2: the oh, pregnancy
1: yeah. hernia, which is in fact alien, right? There's not enough room and everything rips. No, mm-hmm. mm-mm, no, more power to all of the moms out there that do it. But my little 12 year old self was like, Nope, nope, yeah. And that's and for some folks, that's the right choice. I mean, we're super. So, abortion- to get to choose that. <laughs> that is a true statement. Yes. Um, and thank God people choose to do it because that's what makes the world go round. Right. Before we sign off, Betty, is there anything else that you want to tell the people about you, about the show? Oh gosh.
2: Um, uh, now this would be my struggle with freestyling. <laughs> um, think so other than, you know, deathbecomesthem.com. There is a virtual option. So if you're not in the Tampa Bay, if you can't make it, um, they can actually purchase a streaming ticket where we will email them the link because we will have a film crew in the venue.
1: How much do tickets cost? What's the virtual ticket cost? Like run through that real quick. So
2: the general admission starts at 20. Um, which gets you in the door Um, there are seated options that start at 35 and then there's a VIP option for 80 and that not only gets you like a premium seat and some other gifts it reserves you a spot with the post-mortem photography parlor so you actually can get your photo and she has this cool like printer thing where you actually get your print right there on the spot oh cool Um, yeah. So there's, there's a whole gamut of different options. So you can kind of pick like, do you want to be up front? Do you want the extras? Do you just want to go to the show? And then for 35, they can do the streaming ticket. Um, and I did put like a little thing on there. Like if you want to do a group streaming thing, um, there's my email address. Send me an email. We'll do a shout out. Cause I know a few people asked, well, why is the streaming ticket more than the general admission? Like, well, general admission is one person. But if you stream it and you invite your friends, and let's say you've got six people in the room watching now, um, but if you are going to have that little viewing party, let us know about it. We'll uh, shout you out, maybe throw a fun little cameo during the show. That's cool.
1: How big is your space? How many tickets do you have available? Um, I don't know how many are available
2: left, um, but we only had 200 at the starting point.
1: Okay, so tickets are going fast if you're in that area. Go um, now and sure. buy one. Yeah, we have um, ten VIP tickets left as of this morning, so they are okay. going quick. They are going quick, and you want the VIP because you want to have access to that photo shoot. That photo sure. booth, yeah, because we
2: can't guarantee a time slot um, without the ticket, because you know it, it does take the
1: photographer time to get you in the coffin and set up. Deathbecomesthem.com. dot com. Get your yes. tickets today. Because they are going fast, um, and if you are not in Tampa, definitely get a streaming ticket. Heck um, yeah! Because I think it's I. There's I think it's fun, right? Like it's it's but different. It's, it's something different. I mean, there's going to be a
2: lot of different Halloween
1: events and
2: parties, but how many horror burlesque on Friday the thirteenth in October? The it was just too good. You yeah,
1: know, it's, yeah. It, it's it's like the stars aligned and are giving us this perfect party. And it sounds like it is going to be a perfect party. They can find you on Instagram. Where yes, um, at the Betty Genesis
2: Instagram or on Facebook. Okay. Or you can even um, I think my you can email me right through Death Becomes Them. Awesome.
1: Thank you so much for being on today. I'm super excited. Mm-hmm. For this event, and super excited that you were willing to come on and tell us all about it. Shout out to all my hashtag Ho Tribe members who tuned in for this episode of the Ho Cast. I'm Susan Bartley, your host and the owner of Ho Apparel. Ho Apparel is a website that is there to fulfill your every need for the aerial sports. Check us out at www.hoapparel.com. That's H E A U X X X apparel.com and on IG at Ho1X underscore apparel. Until the next time, ladies, keep shining your light, keep being beautiful, and keep making this world a better place.
0: Shaming this for everybody. Flip it and twirl it, that strength in that body. From the sky to the pole, we gon' work out that body. We talkin' ho, this what we talk about it. Welcome to the ho cast, where everybody can be a ho cast. Info that you need to know, we talk about a lot, and shout out to my hoes. Welcome to the ho cast, where everybody can be a ho